Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Train, Eat, Repeat. It is episode 90. 90? That's a big mark. Holy moly. I think that's huge. I wasn't, I was not expecting that. It's bigger than that ostrich trachea (laughs) that I uh, almost bought for Griffin today at the vet. So a little bit of backstory before we got on the podcast. Andrea is about to throw up right now. Um, (laughs) Hi, everyone. I had to take my dog to the vet and I felt bad. So I let him walk around like the pet store to like pick something out if he like really likes something. And twice he went to this. I don't know. I didn't even know what it was. It was something dried. And I looked at it. And it was ostrich trachea. So apparently, (laughs) sorry for all you out there if you're eating, um, but apparently my dog- didn't buy it, thank God. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, But I guess dogs like ostrich throat. Okay. Yeah. So we hope you guys are doing well. (laughs) Gross. Figure I'd start with some light material before we really (laughs) dig into it today. Gross. So anyway, guys, uh, I'm so glad that you're here. If you're a first-time listener, uh, what a way to start off talking about (laughs) ostrich tracheas. You're really going to hit that subscribe button on iTunes now. Uh, But because this is episode 90, that means there are 89 other episodes with great information on how to live an otherwise healthy life. So Make sure you go and check out the podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Tell your friends about it. Leave a review while you're there if you really liked a certain episode. And we'd like to hear your comments, too. Um, You guys can go to our website, traineatrepeat.co. You can find both of us, uh, Andrea Sage, Tyler Farron, on Instagram and Facebook. But we would love to connect with you. And we would love to connect with you in person. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we're actually doing live training and soon-to-be Pilates Reformer training at Home Team Fitness and Wellness in Wixom, Michigan. Um, So getting back into the gym space, which is one of the things that we absolutely love after doing a lot of online training the last two years or so. Yeah, we're so excited. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, Like he said, there's so many episodes that really hit home and just look at things in a different way that might help you change some habits. Um, Maybe look inward and see if you need to make some changes, maybe write some goals, but subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone. And speaking of looking at things in a different way, today's podcast definitely topic has that theme for sure. Um, And it it came to realization on this topic uh, based on two bad experiences with alcohol for both of us. Uh, I tied one on with my boys on Saturday, a little bit too much so, and my body said, "Uh, you don't do that. He melted down like in Costco, he was just a shell of himself. The cart was holding me up and my face was green. People probably thought it's turning into the Incredible Hulk. And then Andrea goes out for two beers with one of her girlfriends, which she rarely does. And she's like, my stomach is so messed up. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Two beers. Oh, my God. What's wrong with me? Two beers. And she and Andrea, we were texting back and forth this morning. Trust me, I'm getting to a point. <laughs> um, and she said, yeah, I guess I'm just not in my prime anymore. And that made me think it's an, actually the opposite of that. She actually is in prime shape, which is why she feels the way she does when she puts something in her body that we know is hard for our body to digest, that we know is hard on um, 
our, our body just in terms of processing alcohol. But then you add in like all the extra additives, the, the gluten, the rye, the barley, all those things that we know um, really aren't meant to be in our bodies. Right. right. And it's it's not that we don't have a drink occasionally here and there, which we'll do on Thursday nights. You know, I'll have a glass of wine or I might have a bourbon or something like that. I have not been out to a microbrew place in, in quite some time and sat down and I enjoyed myself, rightfully so. And I enjoyed, you know, the beverages that I had. But this morning I woke up and I was just like, whoa, my body was just not ready for it at all. And the only way that you or I would have felt that, I mean, yes, obviously, if you drink enough, eventually you'll feel that way, no matter if you're super healthy and abstain from alcohol the majority of the time or you eat really clean foods, is that you will be unaware of how much better you can feel if you were to change your habits. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I find so many times people are resistant to change because they have learned to live inside of their current lifestyle. Like, for instance, I know individuals that live with type 2 diabetes. They're just managing the disease. They're not actually trying to make it better, right? Or or they have heart disease and they don't change any of their habits. The, the cool thing, and I guess also a bad thing about the body... <laughs> is that it's very efficient at adapting to different stimuli, right? So like if you're a smoker, it's not like you smoke one cigarette and then the next day you have COPD or you have lung cancer or anything like that. The body tries so hard to adapt and and really try hard to keep you healthy. So then, you know, what ends up happening is you go your entire lifespan with these habits, not necessarily knowing that you could feel better than you actually do. And when I feel, when I say feel better, like, like if you're feeling bloated after meals, if you have, um, you know, diarrhea, if you're noticing that you're super fatigued every single morning when you wake up. Or you're really sore or joints are just really creaky and you're waking up not feeling just okay. You're just waking up feeling like, oh, I'm really sore. Something's off. I've got a little brain fog. You don't have to live like that. Yeah. And if you don't address them, they will lead to worse things like type two diabetes, heart disease, joint replacements. Um, We we see them every single day. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, people won't decide to make a change until that diagnosis comes, right? I've talked about many times about hitting your breaking point in health where you've hit rock bottom and now you're going to start to make a change or want to make a change because you got X diagnosis from your doctor or you looked in the mirror or, or you went for a walk and you barely could make it through like a mile walk without feeling breathless. The whole purpose is to open your eyes to the fact that number one, you don't have to live that way and that you can start to make gradual changes, smaller tweaks. It will require a little bit of sacrifice because the reason you've been able to stay the way you are for so long is because it's simply become a habit. It's just what you do or what is how you were raised. Exactly. And it's never too late to make a change. You know, if you're if you're feeling this way, as for an example, I've got a resident at the community that I work at. He's 92 years old and he's tired of having to use the arms of the chair to stand up. And he wants to build his strength at 92 year old so he can stand up on his own. Yeah, you you definitely can do this, whether you're, you know, 17 or you're 92. I mean, it's it's inspiring. That's the reason why I brought it up. But you you don't have to accept the way things are going. You can sit down and reflect, okay, I'm really not, I'm really not at my top prime. I'm really not at my tip top shape. 
One, I think that's the key is because the body is so adaptive, you might not even know that you're using a crutch, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing you have to do is evaluate what you're feeling and what your current habits are. And so I hit on a couple of those already, but like literally like take all of your healthy measures into account. How does, how does the body feel? Do you have certain aches and pains that seem to come and go? Do you have, do you feel bloated after certain meals, but not all meals? You know, do you always feel like you're stressed out and running on empty? Those are all signs that something inside of your lifestyle is not conducive for your health. Mm -hmm. Are you tired of being tired? Right. Exactly. And I think part of it too is realizing on the habit perspective of things, what things are you doing consistently that you really have no rhyme and reason as to why you do them? Or maybe you've attached a reason to them. So for instance, we had a client in the past who her basic, um, habit was every night she would have one to two beers, uh, with her husband. And she couldn't tie a reason as to why she did it. It could have been for relaxation. Something we've always done. Right. I have another client who says he has to have a beer every single night. It helps him fall asleep. When in the truth is, is that we're using that beer as, as a crutch, right? We're using it as a mechanism, much like metformin for type 2 diabetes, to manage another condition. You're trying to cover something up. Right. And so part of that, this first part or the first step is just evaluate how you're feeling. And it, and it's going to feel hard because you if you've been the same way for the last 10, 15, even maybe 20 years, it's going to be really hard for you to realize what maybe you could change, right? right? Really take a look inward and, and be honest with yourself and, you know, could I could I feel better? And and how you would know if, if some things need to change is you would listen to the other 89 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> but no, but seriously, yes, because for sure. if, if you know that, you know, majority of my plate should be lean proteins, vegetables, little to no starches, and, and plenty of good healthy fats. If you're eating vegetarian, if you're eating, um, you know, if you're taking your supplements like you should, like your magnesium and your fish oil, then you would start to realize, oh, there are some things that I'm not doing currently in my current yes. routine. Maybe I'll just try those out. Am I going to bed at a decent time? Am I getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night? Right. And if you go back through all of these episodes, right, and they're not in any particular order, you'll start to see the common habits that we've used date like they're timeless in terms of the ones we've used with our clients to help get them healthier, right? And when we don't do them, we can tell the huge difference. Hence, feeling like junk on Sunday after a night out of eating a bunch of things I don't eat mm-hmm. typically. Um, and also adding on top of that, the 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 alcohol, you know, probably the one positive out of that both of our experiences though is that we did feed our social health. Um so that's a good thing, I yeah. guess. So we got we get we can chalk that up there. So the first thing is you need to evaluate how you're feeling. And one of the best ways that you're going to be able to evaluate if there's some things you need to be able to change is to educate yourself on what things you know to be healthy for the majority of individuals. Everybody's got a little bit of uh, of a differentiation between each other, but the tried and true principles in terms of nu- healthy nutrition, healthy movement, healthy mindfulness tactics, starting to implement those and see if you can start to feel better. And that's the second part is 
is trying to experiment with small tweaks and habit changes. And we say small tweaks. It's not an all or none mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, start with something small. Okay, I'm going to start to change my bedtime and set a sleep alarm. And I'm going to go to bed at this time every night to make sure that I get a healthy amount of sleep. Or I'm going to add a serving of vegetables Mm -hmm. to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. That is a very small tweak. It may be hard at first because when I say eat vegetables for breakfast, people are like, what? How yeah, do you they're very eat awkward. vegetables? I'm not going to put broccoli in my cereal. Like that sounds gross. Well, don't have cereal. It does sound gross, though. That'd be pretty gross. Yeah. It'd yeah. be kind of gross. I don't know. If I find a recipe, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> but, but that's the second part. So in order for you to do that, though, like Andrea said, we want to start small. The second piece is that we have to do it long enough in order for changes to start to happen, right? Like I said, if you've been if you've been feeling the same way, whether you were uh you, you realize it or not, it's gonna take time for your body to respond. And it may even revolt a little bit. We've had people that have taken certain food groups um and certain uh stimulants out of their like caffeine for instance out of their routine and they've gotten like massive headaches. We've had dehydration when you start to take out grains mm-hmm. out of your diet. And so you have to remember that your body's been doing this this way for so long that change change is always hard. It has to be a small tweak, but you can't say, well, I've only done this for a couple of days and I don't feel anything different. And then you just go back to what you were doing. Give your body a chance to catch up and realize that, oh, we're making a little bit of a change. Two weeks to a month. Yes. Give yourself two weeks to a month. Um, And that doesn't mean that you might have to make small adjustments to how you are executing that habit or that small tweak, but give yourself at least two weeks to realize if you are starting to feel better. Does that mean that it's going to feel a little uncomfortable to Andrew's point? Yeah, because you're doing something you've never done before and your body is going to respond appropriately. But Give yourself enough time. Find out if it can fit inside of your lifestyle too. A lot of times when people try to add habits in without actually tweaking what that looks like inside of their day-to-day activities, they're setting themselves up to fail, right? Right. I have a client. She's like, well, I'm going to do 50 minutes of cardio the days I'm not with you. And I'm like, well, you don't do 50 minutes of cardio now. What makes you think it's just going to happen all of a sudden? Let's start slow. Let's do 15 minutes and work up each week and add a little bit more time here, a little bit more time here, a little bit more time here. Start doing that habit and set that precedence where you are doing it each day when you need to. And what that does for your mental space, too, is that it actually builds confidence. Because if you say if she told you 50 minutes and she was only able to do 15, which is great, though, she would see herself as as a a failure. failure. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so that's why it's also important to set those really, really small right. goals. And I it's love going the enthusiasm. Love the hundred percent. Yes. I do too. Yeah. But you can't go from zero to a hundred. Right. Just like that. That's right. like asking somebody in a lake to turn around and swim against the tide. Right. Super uncomfortable. Right. But if you start to, you know, make a 10 degree turn and a 10 degree turn and you get used to the tide and you get used to the water. Again, analogies aside, you basically get the point. Yep. Attainable goals. And then this sort of leads back into the, the uh, item number three, 
But do you feel better? Are you starting to realize small changes inside of your body? Yes, we said that there might be some detriments, like you might start getting headaches. Um, you might feel a little bit lethargic when you start to take out things like added sugar um, that were basically keeping you up and going. But are you starting to feel better? And, and how you would know if you're starting to feel better is adding back in what you took out. Mm. And it sounds counterintuitive. No, but seeing what your body does and how you respond to it, you'd say you've gone without sugar for two weeks. And I'm not talking fruit and vegetables. I'm talking white sugar, cereals, breads, candies, cookies, crackers, ice cream, those kind of things. And you go back to it. One, you realize the taste is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's probably a little sweeter and it's not as pleasing to your palate than it was before. But then two... You don't get you get that. Oh, I don't I don't feel so good. I, I you know, I feel I, I'm really energetic. And then all of a sudden I want more like I come crash down. I get really tired and I want more again. And that's that's like gold mm-hmm. right there because your experiences and your ability to realize that this habit that you used to have doesn't serve you. It doesn't make you feel good. And any type of short dopamine response that you were getting from it isn't worth the detriment on the backside, just like me going out, right? Like I got a little dopamine hit from being out and being with friends and doing all these things. Then it it destroyed my entire Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Now, the person that is intuitive with their body, as much as I like to think I, do, I am, even though you could say I'm a hypocrite because I just went out and did that, but that person that's in tune with their body now knows and 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 now should be able to make decisions of the choices that they make that will lead themselves to less incidences of feeling that way. So after you have put that whatever you took out, put it back into your your life again, take a step back and really look and how do I feel? Was it worth it? Do I feel better? Do I feel worse? How did I feel before I had it? Like, was I on the right path of taking it out? And then you can start to realize, well, I feel a lot better when I when I don't do these kind of things. I feel a lot better when I go to bed at a decent time and I get up and I do some movement in the morning. I know I feel better when I do that. And the days that I don't do that, I feel like I'm missing something. Those are key to realize that this is something I need to continuously do because it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I feel better inside, which then helps me be a better girlfriend, mom, coworker, all the other things, listed friend, everything like that, right? Because I know I've taken care of myself. And that's the one thing that we need to realize is that no one else is going to do it but you. You mm-hmm. have to start doing these things. And that's the added benefit, too, is not only are you becoming healthier, but look at how many other parts of your life it impacts. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're able to think clear, well, maybe you are somebody that is vying for a promotion at work. And because you were able to think clear, you were able to vault yourself to the top of that list, right? right? right. Um, I mean, you can come up with a million different examples of how living a healthier lifestyle and getting rid of those crutches. You know, that one client I brought up that had two beers every single night when she 
brought it back into the fold, she was like, I don't even really like it. I don't like how it makes me feel. Right. I realized that I was using it because it was a habit. Number one, it's something that I had gotten accustomed to, which we all have those things. Well, it's a habit and you just, you start to do it unknowingly and you're yeah. like, well, yeah, I'm having it. And when she's like, I'm going to do this and you know, we can't tell someone to do it. She had to bring it up and say, I'm going to try and do this. And she was like, oh gosh. And she took it out for 14 days. And 14 it's days. never been back. Yeah. It has never been another issue. Now, does that mean that she doesn't drink beer anymore? No, no. of course she does. But it is a one, rare occurrence but it's not every once in a while. Every single night, two beers, right. every single night, day after day after day, because she knows how good she feels now and that she can handle one or two here or there. But doing the two back every night, she never wants to go back to that person. No. No, absolutely not. And and changed uh, parts of her outlook mm-hmm. and her whole lifestyle. Yeah, her whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So those those things. And then once you get done with that third step of finding out of adding it back in to see how you feel, well then it really just becomes up to you. We're not gonna sit here and, and be naysayers and say you absolutely cannot add that thing back in. Oh. I would suggest that you probably shouldn't, um, especially if it didn't serve you and it didn't serve your health. But again, you could add it in in moderation mm-hmm. and still enjoy the some of the things that, you know, you enjoy, yeah. which is completely up to you. Yeah. Like, you know, OK, you can have birthday cake on your birthday. Right. Not right. on every day. Not every day is not cake right? day. Right. And you'll yeah. you'll enjoy it more when it's on your birthday because when it's your birthday and you'll enjoy it but you won't you'll feel better having a smaller piece just a taste you know you don't need the half of the cake kind of thing and you can have that and then realize okay i did that okay i accept it don't beat yourself up but then move back into your normal habit and as much as we've been talking about the physical components of, of how you feel, you have to know that it also will greatly impact your mental state as well. And, and in a positive way, um, in the sense, because a lot of times we eat our feelings, we, we search for happiness in food. Um, it goes back years and years and years. Happiness has been served on a plate. But the thing is, is like, you won't know that. And that was the whole point of this podcast episode. You're not going to know these things until you really start to evaluate where you are at currently. If you're dealing with these things that you're chalking up to an age-related, as an age-related illness, I'm here to tell you that there are people that are 65 years old, are thriving, are on zero medications, are super strong, have a doctor visit and glowing doctor visits at that, um, that are, you know, regulating thyroid function and they're all doing it themselves, mm-hmm. not with a pill mm-hmm. and not with any like fad diets. It's all with sustainable practices, which but is exactly what But they knew that teach. they were worth it and they decided to make those changes. Mm-hmm. And you have to believe that you can do this. Absolutely. Well said. And then you would add in another couple small tweaks. Yep. That would be step four yep. is, you know, Try the process all over again. With something different. Exactly. So if you got anything out of this episode, uh, just know that you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And now you may know something. So there you go. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, thoughts, questions, comments, make sure you guys leave them uh, with us on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review if you are willing. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. 
Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.